Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi guys, I want to tell you about a new podcast called The Just Enough Family. It's the story of the rise and fall of the Steinbergs, who were once one of the richest families in America, through the eyes of its most charismatic member, the fashion designer, Liz Lang. Liz is the niece of the infamous corporate raider, Saul Steinberg who amassed a fortune before he was 30 and brought his entire tight-knit family along for the ride. But the family fractures and loses everything after Saul has a stroke and his little brother Robert takes control of the family business and presides over the largest insurance company collapse in American history. The Just Enough Family is hosted by New Yorker staff writer and best-selling author Ariel Levy, who had unprecedented access to the Steinbergs because of her close friendship with Liz. Profound intimacy, over-the-top parties, staggering success, unexpected loss, and shocking betrayals are woven together into a high-profile family therapy session. The conversations the Steinbergs have with Ariel are incredibly frank and revealing and will leave listeners dying to find out what happens next. Here's a clip from the Just Enough family. We're going to hear Liz and her little sister, Jane, talk about how differently they experienced their childhoods, and we're going to hear their parents talk about how differently they thought of their daughters. Did she treat you and Liz differently? I don't feel like much was, like, demanded of me. Everything was demanded of Liz. Everything. You got an A-, minus. why isn't it an A? You know, and I feel like for me it was like, you got a C in French? Well, that's not your thing. You don't want to go to Hebrew school? Don't go to Hebrew school. You know, Liz was like, you are going to Hebrew school. Well, Liz was very smart. She was a voracious reader. Yeah. I mean, but she also had great grades, and she was always at the top of her class. We never heard from Jane. They kind of had us in two buckets. My sister was the pretty one, and I was the smart one. And so we kind of hated each other because I bought into that theory. And I thought my sister, again, it couldn't be further from true. And she is my best friend today. But I really, I just agreed. I thought she might have been like the dumbest person on earth. That's what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely. So I felt like I had nothing in common with this creature who was just obviously so stupid, but so beautiful. This hot (laughs) dimwit. Exactly. I feel like I mentally wasn't there. I would play with my food. I would go to the bathroom a million times during meals to escape. I played with candle wax on the table. Like, I did anything I possibly could to not be mentally present. Liz has different memories than I do because I just was like, I don't want to be here. She was literally like, eyes wide, like, feed me, give me more. Like, what? Like, like on a Saturday, she would walk Madison Avenue with my parents. 
and go have lunch at the jewelry store at Fred Layton. So you didn't go to Uncle Murray's for those brunches? No, never in my entire life. Like, I looked at what they had, and I liked it. Jane looked at what they had, and she hated it. She was not looking to replicate it. And I was thinking, if I'm super lucky, I'll grow up and live this lifestyle. So I kind of liked, I always thought if I went along with them on Saturdays, you never know, a little bauble might come my way, a little dress might come my way. And she, to her, again, I really mean this to her credit, just didn't care. She'd be like, the price is too high. I mean, I don't know if that's what the word she'd use, but I know that was what was in her head. Whereas you were like a little hooker. I was a hooker's hooker. Jane used to have this joke about me where she'd be like, ouch, does fire still burn? Ouch, does fire still burn? I had this whole thing. I was always desperately trying to make our family kind of what I wanted it to be, what I thought the world thought it was. I was still trying to like square that with like the actual experience. And Jane, I think, saw from like a very young age, this is horrible. It's not fun. And I was somehow like, can I get more? Can I get more? I don't know. I was just always wanting to be attached to the family. The financial freedom was great. What was bad about it was that the money became too important. I used to say to Bobby, we have all form and no content. I don't need to be this rich. Really? Yeah. Because why? What was bad about being so rich? It was just about things. There were too many things. So like I always had like a big fancy bedroom decorated by some famous decorator and I never liked it that much. Not because I don't like fancy things. I love fancy things. It was because it just wasn't really my little girl taste. It just wouldn't be my little girl taste. And whatever my little girl taste was, was considered tacky, not okay, not allowed. And again, I'm not complaining. Like it's not sad. It's just like at the time, like I had this best friend, Lisa. And Lisa's mother was divorced in the 1970s, it wasn't that common. Like, I didn't know a lot of people with divorced parents. Oh, no, it was a big deal It was a big deal. They were divorced, and looking back on it, I'm sure her mother was kind of struggling. They lived in a one-bedroom apartment, and Lisa's mother slept in the living room and gave Lisa the bedroom, and they were, like, so tight, Lisa and her mother, because there was nobody else. It was just Lisa and her mother in this tiny little apartment, and I thought that was the coolest. That was my gold standard. Like, I just wanted Lisa's room... Sometimes Lisa got to sleep in the pull-out couch in the living room and her mom slept in the bedroom. Sometimes they might have even slept together. And in my house, everything was, I was in my room, my sister Jane was in her room, my parents were way down the hallway in their room. If I woke up in the middle of the night, this is not poor little rich girl, it's just the way it was. If I were to be scared or upset in the middle of the night, I wouldn't have walked down the hallway to my parents' room. A housekeeper would have been the person that I would have gone to. To go back to that just enough thing, I think that was all just part of the craziness and the gaslighting and why I thought it would just be easier if we all, if we were just part of that just enough family. Well, and it sounds like she had some fantasies about that too, because she said to me, you know, the money got too important. There was just too much stuff. We had too many things. She told me that she once said to your father, we're all form and no content, or we're all form and no substance. I think she used to think, I think they used to talk about that. I think she used to, that was a mantra. I think you're right. Well, what the does that mean? I don't know that we've got all the trappings, but I think maybe it was what I sensed. We have all the trappings, but things just aren't that good. Like I know, again, that sounds like, I'm not saying that like, the trappings were good, they were fun but somehow things were just off the rails. Things just always felt so out of control. And I know it's like, well, what do you mean? But it just felt like we were just hurtling and speeding towards something bad. Like I remember one of their friends once said about my parents shopping. I mean, even a train has to stop sometimes. Ooh, shop. 
Listen to the Just Enough Family available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're hearing me now. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.